Welcome to Hunting Pixels, the official video game podcast of Culture Bop. Can't do that P. I am your host today, Justin Ruiz, Skyrise Excellence. I know, I know you were expecting the other guy. But this go around, I'll be hosting a special edition of Hunting Pixels where we're going to talk about some news this week, some things that ha- that might impact us going forward, us the players. So let me let me have the pleasure of introducing my co-host this week, the one, the only Bebop man Josh McMullen. It feels good to give out the nicknames. Yeah. Yeah, you did a great job, man. You're a uh, you're really a natural. It does feel good. Yeah, no, I've only done like 300 of these for my last company. Um, <laughs> but I will say, now that we have the boy behind the bop here, how you doing, my friend? That's me. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing. Uh, my brain is mush from today. Uh, it was a long day at work, but. Yeah, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Took a hot shower. Now I'm ready to to get talking about video games good as we are want to do around here. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, mush brain. We always yeah we do that from time to time. We've done that. Actually, we talked about some movies. We have talked about some games. Um, sure. But this episode, we're going to be taking a different look because there was some pretty pretty big news that came out. This episode, we'll be talking about. Take-Two Interactive, fine publisher and developer of Grand Theft Auto, maybe you've heard of it, Red Dead Redemption, maybe you've heard of it, NBA 2K, maybe you've heard of it, uh, Borderlands, maybe you've heard of it, and others, so many more, maybe you heard of them. Now, they've recently acquired Zynga, mobile publisher and developer, the people behind Words with Friends, Farmville, and a number of different slot machines. <laughs> licensed slot machines like Willy Wonka, Game of Thrones, a lot of weird stuff there. But just a little background here. This deal was $12.7 billion. So kind of sizable. And it's really interesting to see a big time video game publisher like Take-Two really taking out a mobile publisher like Zynga. So before we really get started here, mobile, this is something that we really don't talk about on this show or as me, a listener, don't listen to enough about on this show. But uh, do you play mobile games, Josh? Uh, So I think that's kind of a, I don't want to say loaded question uh, because I think that there's this, uh, I, there's kind of a stigma around mobile games, um, and I think kind of m- maybe rightfully so, but uh, I I don't play the stuff that I think you would think of as typically mobile games. Like I don't really play Candy Crush or stuff like that. Uh, the games that I I tend to play for for mobile are um stuff like her story or uh i i never got around to it but uh i wanted to play fantasian um which was the the jrpg from miss walker studios oh yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I, uh, I, I there there's this weird feeling I have about like the way we talk about the mobile games because I I don't like mobile games. Like I I, I tend to steer away from the Candy Crushes and stuff like that. Th- there are a few that I don't mind that are more like um I, I would almost say closer to like something like Sudoku. They're like puzzle games. Yeah. Um casual puzzle game kind of things like that. Yeah. But f- for the most part, uh I don't tend towards what people would typically consider mobile gaming. Um it's just not my my sort of forte. Have you ever tried Slay the Spire? Uh, I have not. I've heard good things about that game, but I, that, I have never that played game it. is on my phone, and I have played put too many hours into that game. But I I even downloaded at the at the behest of a fellow patron Jeffrey. I downloaded Wild Rifts. I started it. There was a tutorial. This is League of Legends Wild Rifts. Got through the tutorial, and then it asked me to pick a champion. I picked the big sword guy, and then I kind of gave up. So <laughs> I didn't even actually play around. But it seemed cool. It looked really good on my phone. But, yeah, mobile's, mobile's weird. A lot of weird games on there. Like you said, Candy Crush is like one of those <laughs> you can just keep going forever and ever, and then... It's like, you ran out of lives. Do you want to watch this ad or just pay us? Um, so it is very, it is a very different model than we're used to in playing games and listening on this show. So I wanted to get into the actual deal here because it, these numbers are out of control at this point, right? And I wanted to get your take on a few aspects of this. So this is probably the biggest acquisition in gaming history, right? The last time we heard, yeah, the last time we heard numbers in the billions, uh, Microsoft had acquired uh, ZeniMax or Bethesda for seven and a half billion dollars. This is twelve point seven billion dollars. Does this sound like a lot to you for a publisher solely of mobile games? Does this sound like it's expensive? Uh, my first thought would be yes, uh, because it is one entity that, uh, like they don't really own any, what you would, I guess, call franchise or well, not, maybe not franchisable, but like, uh, definitely more well-known IP. I, I like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that they own that is like people would. I don't want to say no because that's not true. Like they, those are the guys who did the stuff on Facebook when Facebook was like first starting out, right? Like they had yeah. like the Mafia Wars and uh, y- you know just stuff like that. Farmville. Um, that's probably so, the only one. <laughs> that and yeah. with friends, like those are the only yeah. two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but to, I mean, to to that point, I like I don't think that they have like. You wouldn't say that Farmville is as immediately recognizable as something like uh, in a different medium altogether, right? Uh, you know, you have Harry Potter. I would never say that 
Zynga owns something that is instantly as recognizable as Harry Potter. Or but, Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's not to say that they don't have stuff that's recognizable, but but I, I, I would think that like the ubiquity of of what they have is uh is totally different. Um with that all said, I when you put into context like how much money mobile gaming makes, uh I'm not sure that they necessarily overpaid, but it is still is a, an incredible amount of money. Yeah, it it is a it is wild to see those big numbers there, right? Like and again, if you think about it, it's it's over 5 billion more than what Microsoft paid for Bethesda. And Bethesda yeah. has like as as people who are enthusiasts of games, they have Doom. <laughs> you know, that, that that old game Doom and Wolfenstein and Elder Scrolls and it's it's kind of weird when you start talking about this is like well, what's worth more? Words with the people who make words with friends and about thirty other games that that I've never heard anyone say out loud, or the people who make Doom or Skyrim. It is it's it's strange to start thinking about it in terms of like complete whole dollars for all of these very recognizable IP and and sort of non recognizable IP. Mm, yeah, but both of these companies do have tons of franchises and IP attached to them, right? Even even if we don't really recognize a ton of what uh, Zynga has, they do have all of these other licensed games on their page. They have a ton of other just smaller um, smaller games. I know they bought the Peak Games people who do Toon Blast. I've seen commercials for that shit, but. <laughs> Some might even say that Take-Two has the most valuable franchises out there, right? If you look at, like, Grand Theft Auto <laughs> and Grand Theft Auto V, I'm pretty sure that game did well. But how do you... A little bit. You, yeah, I, I think they. I think somebody got a bonus there for that one. Yeah. <coughs> Not me. So how do you think this impacts either of these two companies franchises uh well i think the the most immediate thing is um with with the ip that uh take two owns uh and a developer like zenga you immediately get the opportunity to make your ip into mobile games uh in some form or fashion whether that be uh, something like uh, for uh, I I don't want to say that they they should do stuff like ports like the like what are, the gross yeah yeah I I don't know that they are looking to do that sort of thing because what where's the monetization in that right um but uh I do think that this opens up the opportunity to have something like uh you know Konami has f- fucking Metal Gear. Uh, pachinko machines in their casinos, right? Uh, it op it opens up the opportunity for stuff like that to happen. 
Um, whether or not that's Tina's a good thing is <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Tiny Tina's match three. Please no. Oh God, please no. I'm downloading. Um, it. it's being developed. I'm downloading it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that for take two, it's a good acquisition because it allows, uh, like, it, it, it puts uh, them in the in the space of mobile, which I don't think that they have anything mobile at the moment, right? Well, they, they uh, I only, mean, yeah, they they had a really really small mobile division, and it was maybe ten percent of revenue. Yeah. So, but. Oh, well, what were you going to say? Go on. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think that it puts them in a, in the unique position where they are now able to utilize their IP in a uh, more monetizable fashion. Um, and it gives Zanga the ability to uh, kind of legitimize themselves, so to speak. Yeah. So this is what I was going to ask, right? So this is where I was going to go with this. You think Zynga can legitimize, but do you think Take Two's franchises then like cheapen as they like port to mobile? Like, like just what I said, like a Borderlands mobile, probably not going to be a, a shooting gallery or anything like that, but it's going to be like Mad Moxie's Match Three, like something you know, something like that. Does it cheapen it in that way? Uh, it depends on, on who you ask, right? Uh, because there are people who they don't have the time for, you know, the really video games in general anymore. They can't, they don't have the time to sit down at their console and play games the way that, you know, they might have used to do. Uh, and for those people, stuff like, you know, a a just to go to your example, the, you know, the mad moxies, like, uh, whatever, you know, a little casino thing. Uh, it allows them to get into these franchises that they may have loved in the past, but don't get to, uh, necessarily engage with anymore on any real, uh, <sighs> I don't want to say emotional level, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like in any real fashion that like would, um, I <laughs> just like base level I, engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those people, I think that it, it's one of those things that like, uh, yeah, it's totally cool that something like that is happening. I think it's when you look at the super hardcore audiences that, it gets a little bit more dicey. Uh, whether or not that's a good thing is is something we can debate. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that there is room out there to say that what the IP that Zango would be using would not be tarnished. I think that there is room to say that. Um, whether or not people care to admit that is a totally different story. Yeah. And it's funny because... You know, they, they do a lot of licensed games, right? <laughs> For better or worse, like, you know, I, I don't really know how many people are going to be over the moon about the Wizard of Oz slot machine that Zynga offers. 
You know, yeah. like, why would you like what? I don't understand what Dorothy, the scarecrow, the cowardly lion and the tin man have to do with the slot machine. But they do that. Right. And and stuff like words with friends where, you know, I, I could see there being some sort of like console adaptation for something like that. Or, you, you know, even sort of mini game that could be inserted into something like GTA Online, it, it almost, to me, seems like there's an endless amount of opportunities for Zynga to travel up the ladder. And then the Take-Two side, like the 2K games and, 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 and the Rockstar games, like traveling down the mobile path obviously is, is something that can yield a ton of fruit for them, but it just, to me, seems like there's a level of prestige that will just evaporate because they will be like cash machines, right? They're just going to be essentially ATMs for for take two. They're just going to see money come in and just roll it right down to the bottom line. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of that, yeah. in their comments, they alluded to bringing free-to-play free mechanics to Rockstar and to 2K Games. Now, that could mean these console and or new mobile titles for the studio and for, and for the franchise. It could mean that we're getting these existing games traveling down, right? I mean, how do you feel about, like, hardcore mobile free-to-play mechanics just in general, right? And then we'll, we'll think about it from, like, a from, like, the Rockstar 2K perspective? Uh, well, I think... I, I mean, I think we already have it, right? Like, it, if you look at basically any Ubisoft game from the last, you know, five or so years, they've got, like, a metric ton of microtransactions thrown in there. Or you look at what Fortnite is doing, and uh, this is something that I think you you personally have brought up in several uh, conversations that that have taken place over our Discord and stuff like that, where uh, everyone's chasing the Fortnite money, right? Uh, Fortnite is literally making, like, it, it's making Epic's, uh, PC storefront viable <laughs> when that storefront isn't supposed to be able to turn a profit until, uh, what was it? 2024 or something like, like that. A, a 3078. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, like t to that end, like everyone's kind of chasing the Fortnite model, right? Everybody wants to put out a product and just have it make, Tons and tons and tons of money. Um, and I think... I hate to say this like this, but I think that part of the thing that's being missed there in particular is that uh, whether or not you care to play the colorful thing, they made a competent game, right? Yeah. They made a game that people find fun. Uh, and that's what keeps people engaged. I don't. I don't think that it's they made this game that was free and people were like, Oh, a free game. I might play this. Cause there are a ton of free games out there that are dog shit. Right. Or I, there, I think or, that, or there are tons of games that probably like would have come out 
that would have been free to play, but then maybe just get axed because you know they they don't have their player base, right? They just they totally get scrapped because they can't get somebody. They they can't even get people to download the free thing and try it. That's how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I got off on a tangent there, but well, yeah. I mean, like, do you think like traveling with that? Do you think that the mechanics of something like Fortnite? are sort of a, like acceptable, quote-unquote, if the game is just that good. Because if you really think about it, there's only a few, and, and they all happen to be shooters, but there's only a few really, really good free-to-play games out there that have captured audiences, like, you know, Apex Legends, Warzone, Fortnite, obviously. Um, you know, th- all of these games capture their audiences they're they're based on like completely you know unique ips but then there are other games that are even that are free to play that that again can't can't do this so is it just is it okay that the cream rises to the top here uh i yeah i i mean i i think that in in economics you know I, I I tend to go with the consumer or the customer or whatever is what dictates what is popular. I don't think that any amount of marketing or anything like that could save something like um, I mean what's a what's a free to play game that failed? Uh, Lawbringers, right? The the Cliffy B game. Yeah, like it it doesn't matter that. Blazinski was really widely revered amongst not only his peers, but gamers in general, right? Because he, I mean, he helped create Gears of War. He helped, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of all the things that he did, like, either create or co-create. And, like, he's really well regarded uh, amongst all of video games. Could not save Lawbringers, right? I, I think that the cream rising to the top means that, like, that's what we have decided we want, uh, so to speak. Does that? Yeah. yeah no. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. No, it okay, makes yeah. sense. It, it certainly makes sense. And it's again, it, it's like you said, a lot of people chasing this model, and I think there's a lot of this model to go around. There's certainly, there's certainly areas where this can be viable especially on mobile right where it you know downloading a game takes less than a minute and getting it up and running takes even less time <laughs> before you know it you're like yeah i could put five bucks into this yeah okay um <laughs> right yeah and some some of these mobile games are actually getting really good you know like some of them you look at something like genshin impact where it, it's kind of it's unfair to use that as a comparison because there is such a good console version of that game. But that game is is a it's essentially a slot machine. It's Breath of the Wild with slot machines. You know, like it's 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 that kind of like, all right, here's my capsule toy, and then um, I'm gonna go climb this mountain. But it's a good <laughs> it's a good looking game. It looks good. I mean if you're in anime, but you know, I, I know some people yeah. on the show. Some people watch anime, right? On the show? Right? Uh, something like that. It's like yeah. one guy. I'm not. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad because there's only really one good anime, and it came out in like 1996. But uh, and the rest of it, um, I feel like it's kind of trash. I don't know what you're speaking of, but uh, 1998, good sir. Oh, was it 98? Yes. Yeah, right yes. around when uh, Toonami was, was around. I can't think of the name. Um, anyway, so <laughs> one of the things, and we, we just talked about Discord here. One of the things that we've dis- debated in our Discord, which is a, a hotly, hotly great oh. area for us to have thought-provoking debates. And there's more about that later if you want to join our Discord. Our Ooh. is, not mine. Not yours. I'm so used to, I'm so used to, you know, having that that voice. But if you want to join that Discord, there are ways to do so. We will get, we'll get to that later. But in the Discord, we have debated the pros and the cons of getting acquired, right? That's one of the things that we've Mm. talked about. So for example, some of the, some of the pros out of this, right? Take two is expecting to see 500 plus over 500 million in net bookings over time, right? Mobile revenue climbing to 50% of total sales. They said it was going to be 10%, or it was 10%. This is climbing up to 50%. That's great, right? Hey, it's more revenue for the company. It's more opportunities for them to create and develop all this kind of stuff. But conversely, Take Two said there's only going, they're, they're, they're going to find $100 million in cost synergies over a two-year period. So if you're familiar with that kind of thing, it's a headcount reduction, right? This is cost synergies. This is, du- this is duplicative jobs. And sometimes it happens in overhead, like general and, you know, general and administrative areas. But this could be in development. Right there, there could be developers that you know get the axe because hey, we don't need two of you or three of you or four of you. What do you think the pros and cons of a deal like this are, or or perhaps of really any big acquisition? Uh, obviously the the pro with something like this, like a, a cash cow, like you know, I mean, we'll bring up Fortnite again, but uh, the. With something like um, Fortnite, with it raking in money the way that it is, you have to consistently keep developers on on staff, right? It's not like uh, you have in the the big AAA space where you have a bunch of turnover after your product has launched, right? Uh, Because it's a platform. You're keeping people on your I mean, platform. Uh, so in that way, I think it, it, it's good because you can you can kind of keep a certain amount of staff on hand. Uh, and that's, I, I, I think, something that uh, a lot of people have complained about in the gaming industry. Um, and to, to that end, I, I would love for... Um, like devs to be able to keep jobs more long-term than, than what they do. Cause most of the time it ends up being like contract work. Right. Um, but on the other hand, uh, and this is something that we have 100% dealt with in the discord. Uh, I think that when you are 
in a position where all you're doing is working on the same game uh, or you're working on something that is uh, monetizable in the way that mobile games are, you end up with a bunch of sameness. And oh. that is very uh, disheartening uh, for me uh, because my love of video games isn't just from say one genre. Like I don't just play shooters. That's not what I do. I like to kind of go around. I find the things that I like and I stick with them, but like I don't just, I I don't just play JRPGs. Like that's not what I do. Uh, It's fine. No, the other guy is your, your game of choice or, you know, what have you. Uh, but it is 100% not what I like to do. And the other guy does that on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think when you get into the way that I, I don't want to bring its name up in here, but when you get into a model like Game Pass, right? And you get the sort of like we're making games that have 10 year tales or even potentially longer. You're making the same shit over and over again. And when you get into Game Pass specifically, when you're trying to make things that are profitable, so then your service is bumped up. All of the games start to have that same sort of sameness, regardless of whether or not they're in the same genre. Uh, And. And I think that that really stifles creativity. I, I think that being stuck in one continuous loop over and over and over again really cuts down on what you can do in a creative way, if that makes sense. No, totally. And and there's even from the player perspective, like I, I maybe maybe younger me would have been more excited and would have went on the collectathon, but like. You know, I, I see the news roll in and the latest skin pack from Fortnite is Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what's next? Emily in Paris? Like, is she going to run around and, and just be like, I can't believe I'm working on this new project, but also this French boyfriend that I'm hooking up with is also my friend. Oh, I also have to kill this person 70 yards away from me. Like, it's there. Like, there's there's definitely sameness there. And it's tired. There's very, very much tired. But it 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 seems to continue to, to do well. And maybe it's just from a younger demographic standpoint. But people still want those skins. They still want the, that new, you know, that, that freshness in that playground, not just any other playground. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I mean, in in that way, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that there is like that part of this debate is a divide between what, you know, you, you and I, when we started playing games, we were playing games on the NES, the SNES, the Sega Genesis, right? And these games came out and they were complete packages from beginning to end. And that like, what you got is what you got. There were no like post game patches or anything like that. Like if it was on that cartridge, that's, that's it. Now, in modern days, you have stuff like, uh, I mean, like Fortnite, 
where they're constantly patching it and they're constantly providing new things in in terms of like DLC or skins or stuff like that. Or taking people's ideas away from other people. (laughs) Do do you think that this, uh, this sort of like, for lack of a better term, like fight ends up being between two completely different generations of gamers? I, in a way, first off, I'm not on trial here, so what What the hell, man? Um, <laughs> no, but in, in a way, I think you're right. Like, there's – and there are games for everybody, right? There are games for everyone out there. Hey, do you like competitive shooters? We've got a game for you. we got multiple games for you. Do you like story-driven narrative games? We've got that. Do you like just walking around? We've got games like that too. Here's here's you know Edith Finch or um, what's the other one that I always remember that uh, Dear Esther. Like you know there are games like that, and I think there's always yeah. going to be like there, there's always going to be something for someone. But the fervor around like what's in what's in the like zeitgeist, so to speak, it, it's it's always about these. It's always about the Fortnites or the Call of Duties. And, and in, in a way, it kind of always was that way, right? Like when, when it was Sega and it was Nintendo at each other's throats, it was Sonic and, and Super Mario, right? Or, or Zelda and the other Sega game. Fantasy Star? What, uh, what was popular? Yeah, you could probably play a lot of Sega. Anyway. I I think I think it's there's going to be more of a this this was games to me versus kids saying nah son this is games yeah. and I I don't I, I don't particularly like that because I think I think old games and new games should feel fun regardless kind of the same way that when somebody grows up and they're like wow the sting was a really good movie. You know, like I, I didn't, I never saw it, you know, like I didn't see it when it was, a, when it was around, but I can appreciate that movie, you know, like I can appreciate yeah. stuff like that. Or, or m- music is probably a better comparison where you realize like, wow, the Beatles really nailed it. <laughs> you know, like they nailed it early, you know, like before mm-hmm. anybody else. But I, I get a, and, and it's funny that this conversation is coming up while GDQ is going on because so many of the games that you watch on on something like GDQ, where it's just a bunch of speedrunners, they're going through old games, and they're, mm-hmm. those old games are fun, man. They're really really fun, and there are probably generations of people who who will never experience those in a- a- any way. They're only just going to play like Apex or Fortnite or whatever it is. So yeah. so I, I get a, I get a lot of this. I get a, I get what you're saying. There, there is this this divide, but I, I wonder if it's just like an age gap thing where you eventually kind of turn turn a leaf and you're like, the only the only time I have right now is for you know these smaller bite sized indie titles, or I'm only going to weigh into something like Final Fantasy VII remake because I'm devoting every minute I can to to that, or you know to like the Halo campaign or or whatever it is. It's strange, and, and I and I do think, I do think the the model, the free to play, and this this very long tail model has sort of destroyed some some gamers' perception of like what what it is to game, and and there's a larger conversation on like 
metaverse and, and, and what that means. But I don't know, like th- there's, there's my appreciation of something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where I can't wait to see more of it expand. But there's also my appreciation of like the one-off movie that I watched that will never get a sequel, but I really enjoyed everything that it had to say. Like I really liked The Tender Bar. I'm not waiting for more more you know stories from that universe, but I can close the book on that one and say I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And also The Tender Bar, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> it is a pretty good movie. It is one of Ben Affleck's better better roles. And I didn't yeah. find Ty Sheridan to be um, uh, a completely whiny baby. Mm. Well, that's good. It was alright. Um, there was something that popped into my mind while we were talking about this. Uh, so, do you think that um, with games such as Destiny, right, they kind of carved out this niche for themselves within the not really free-to-play uh or, or even mobile scene, but they took a lot of what was in MMOs, right. And created this, uh, what they, I guess, like to call the share shared world shooter. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is, the uh, WS. <laughs> do you think that that's where, uh, cause I, I think destiny came out before Fortnite. If I if I'm not mistaken, Destiny was like 2013, 2014, and I think Fortnite wasn't until 2015 or 16. Um, at least it didn't start gaining ubiquity until probably around then. Destiny's worldwide um, release was September 9th, 2014. Wow, that game's been that long. Well, they also made a sequel. You know, they, yeah. they did mm-hmm. make a sequel. So. Uh, I guess I guess my question is is uh, people are I think probably uh, quite obviously taking inspiration from Destiny in some ways, but um, do you think that that's something that mobile games can can do to some sort of like uh, I don't want to say better effect, but like that they can do to um, make their games less mobily? <laughs> No, no, yeah, it's like more adaptive, right? Mm, Yes. Yeah, and it's funny because the the thing that I, I mean, Destiny won, and and let me know if you felt the same way, but did, after after finishing the campaign of Destiny 1, did you know what was going on? I had no fucking clue. Yeah, neither did I. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird that, that. I played Destiny 1 and I absolutely adored it. I I loved that game, but it had no story and the story that it did have was so incomprehensible that I had no clue what was happening. And you get to Destiny 2 and Destiny 2 has this really uh, I it's not I, I don't I, I don't want to make it out to seem like it's some some master work because it's not, but Destiny 2 story is a lot better than what Destiny 1's was and I don't like Destiny 2 nearly as much as I like Destiny 1. I, I could comprehend what was going on in Destiny 2. Yes. Destiny 1 was like, 
was like berserk mode with like my tongue hanging out of my head and just <laughs> shooting anything that moved. Right. Cause it felt so good. Yes. Like that shooting felt so good. And two, the same for that matter. Two was two felt really good too, but you, there's a, the, the spectacle of destiny or what, what really drove me to it was definitely number one, the, the interactive, the interaction between other destiny players, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I, I didn't, I let, let's say I did want to go out and get different shaders for armor or whatever, you know, a lot of that stuff looked really cool, but it wasn't, I wasn't clamoring for like, I need this armor to make my guy look like some, you know, like death metal album cover, you know, like I, I didn't need that, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I, but I did like going on the raids. I did like doing those missions. I did like the cooperativeness of that game. Mm-hmm. And I thought the, I, I did think the lore was really cool when you can comprehend it. It was cool. Yeah, but, th- that I agree with. Yeah, but my my, I, I think the way that I I think about Destiny is like, they they put the time and effort into it. Like that's the thing that I think a lot of mobile games now, even prestige mobile games, right? Like if you look at something like Marvel Revolution, that they, they definitely took time and effort to put into it. That's voice acted. It's you know it, it's got cutscenes, all of this. That, that is going just a little bit above and beyond to keep me engaged long enough to spend maybe a little bit of money, right? And I'm 34. Maybe a kid might look at it and say like, oh, shit, they have like, you know, 10 different outfits for Spider-Man. So I'm going to buy all of them and, and they'll, you know, waste whatever they can on that. But I think for me, for somebody whose time continu- continues to just dwindle, I need something to like keep me and whether it's a licensed product or something along those lines, it needs to keep me engaged. Like the reason why I play Slay the Spire is because it's a really good game. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I bought it once. It was like, you know, seven bucks, but every run is different. There's so much strategy to it and it's it's nothing special. It's like, you know. It's very low-res art. It's, it's not like anything, you know, it looks like a high school project or a college project, but it's so good. So I, I think that's what something like a Destiny could bring to, to mobile. And, and coincidentally, not just Destiny, but like something like Grand Theft Auto or, or Red Dead, mm. where you have some of that universe in there and it's, it's so engaging and so enthralling that you can have like a mobile experience with it. Maybe it's even like something like a Pokemon Go, you know, where it's like AR, where you can implement it that way and there's more to do with it. But uh, to me, it's just the, the, the penetration on like what's going to get me to download something on mobile when everything is free, it's, it's got to really, really have a good hook. And something like Destiny's got a good hook. But oh yeah, for sure. Tra- translating that to a smaller screen, damn, that's hard. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think one thing that I, I maybe overlooked when we, when I, you know, posed the question is, uh, Destiny is made by Punchy, who is one of the best developers working right now. Right? I, I like say what you will about you know the state of Destiny two and stuff like that. I, I tend to think that 
in terms of shooters, there's really kind of no one like Bungie working right now. And I, I like what they are doing is on a completely other other level than pretty much everybody else. Yeah. Um, excuse me. That was gross. That's uh, that's purely for Tani. Well, you know what? He should learn to like things that are have a little more class. <laughs> it's disgusting. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, we went off on a long tangent. I'm sorry. Oh, we totally did. And I I do want to bring this back because I think we I think a lot of the stuff that we talked about really is sort of impact related, and and I think there's a lot of good good meat that we shoot on there. Um, one of the things I did want to bring up, because I, I think this is an interesting question given the fact that Zynga does work with a lot of licensed games, right? Harry Potter, Star Wars, everyone's favorite, The Wizard of Oz, or The Oompa Loompas from Willy Wonka. You know, all of gaming's favorites. Uh, they do work with a lot of those licenses. So, mm-hmm. coincidentally, or conversely, who would you want to see Take-Two work with from a license perspective and then what studio would you want working on that? Because if they're going to keep the Willy Wonka license and they could make like a Grand Theft Auto online chocolate factory <laughs> where you can just push like, you know, slightly overweight boys into chocolate rivers. Oh, man. Sounds like a good time. That would be great. Um, I, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think we might actually agree on this but i tend to want to go towards new ip i understand fandoms i get it like i scream is coming out friday i'm a huge scream fan like it's one of my it's probably my second favorite horror franchise right and i am so ecstatic to go see this movie on friday but also so okay, hang on. Let me let me pause for a second. So I get where people are coming from when when they're fans, they want to see more of their fa- thing, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, just for instance, to to keep it in the realm of like horror movies, uh, it was just announced that uh, there was a settlement brought to the um, uh, the Friday the Thirteenth lawsuit. So there is potential for more Friday the Thirteenth to be made, and that's fucking exciting for me because I. You know, those movies are really not anything like revelatory. They're not like nearly even remotely in the same realm as, say, like something like A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which was also from the 80s, you know. But like that nightmare has something to say. Friday the 13th does not. Friday the 13th is like, let's kill some fucking uh, teenagers in, in a camp or whatever. But, like, those movies are fun, and I would love to see more of them. So when that news was announced or whatever, I I got excited. But, but, here's the thing. I would much rather a wholly new creation come out than to get schlock on an IP that I adore. Like, censor... Uh, I've probably brought up a thousand times in the fucking discord. I know I've talked about it on the podcast since my favorite movie of last year and it's a completely original IP. 
it takes inspiration from a bunch of stuff, but it's wholly original. And that's the kind of stuff that I gravitate towards. I like the big IP. I went and saw Spider-Man and I loved it, but I would really like more people to tackle more things um, with with their own original ideas. So when, when you ask me this question, like there are a ton of things that I would, I would love to see, but I don't know that like, I don't know that there's anything that immediately jumps out to me where I'm like, I want Zynga or take two to work on. I, I kind of would just, I, I would honestly like to see them do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think there's, especially from a mobile perspective, like we joked about the idea of, you know, like Borderlands or Take Two or, or something, or uh, not sort of Take Two, but 2K, like NBA 2K going straight to, you know, mobile or whatever, any of that kind of stuff. And a lot of it does make sense, right? It's recognizable. But I think, you know, from a from a new IP perspective, there, there's, there's probably a lot that even the private division who worked on stuff like um, the Outer Worlds, like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. could really get in there and start, you know, turning their creative wheels. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think there is a lot and I, I do agree. I think there's, I think there should be more, th- th- there should be more and I get why there isn't, but I, there should be more weight on new content, new IP and something creative, you know, yeah. like, like control. Oh God. Control. So good. And like control, uh, or out of control. Um, oh gosh. <sighs> what were you gonna say? I cut you off. Uh, I was gonna ask if that was take two, but then I remembered it's fi- it was five oh five. Yeah, I just like bringing up Control because it's a really good game. So it's a great game, best game of twenty nineteen. So what was that? It came out. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so. If Rockstar or 2K were to put out a solid mobile game, and then by solid, I mean, like, not, you know, <laughs> like not a match it's free, free and then it's yeah, right. Exactly. Like, and, and each time that you pull the lever, you have to pay $20. <laughs> um, would you give it a shot at this point? I, I mean, I would never say no. Uh, there are 100 percent games that I don't ever want to touch. Like I, I kind of, I used to play candy crush. I kind of think that that was because my girlfriend at the time played it and I wanted to do something with her. Um, but like, I don't ever feel a need to ever go back to that. Right. Uh, but if they were to give me something closer to like, Fantasian, you know, or, or even, even some of the more complex puzzle games, or, uh, there's a game that, uh, Josh from Swordchomp talked about a lot, uh, towards the end of the year, um, Loop Hero. And I think that that's a sort of game that could be awesome on mobile. And I would love for them to do something like that. That would be something that I could totally like, that would be something I wouldn't mind people seeing me play on my phone. 
if that makes sense. But yeah. yeah. It's funny because the, the games that I play on my phone, the ones that I, I tend to go and, and really dive into are usually the ones where I actually paid like, you know, four or five dollars for them. And, and one of them is threes, right? Or, or uh, there was the Go series from Square Enix where it was like Hitman Go and... Uh, mm, yes, Go. yes. Those games like, were those games. Yeah, those were good. <laughs> you know, like those were really good games. Um, so again, it's a lot of like prestige stuff. If they, if they did, you know, if they did stuff like that, and again, even if there were slight monetization mechanics, but it had a good hook and it, and it did play well, I I think I'd give it a shot. I think I think I'd try it. Yeah. Well, something that I actually think, uh, and, and maybe this isn't like something that I would try, but this is something that I, I definitely think could be utilized by them in particular in a very good monetizable way. And this kind of goes back to like the established IP thing. You know how FIFA has the ultimate team? No, I don't know. (laughs) I don't understand why take two and EA aren't utilizing that in, in mobile form. And I, I, I recognize that you probably can't get FIFA to run on a phone, but I mean, I think that there's a way to make a maybe like a three on three basketball NBA 2K ultimate team thing. I I really think that there's a way for you to do that. Um, I'm not smart enough to know how, but like, I think it's possible. Yeah. I don't know. That just popped into my head. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's totally viable. I think it is. Well, with the fact that big publishers are now really focused on mobile, and, and you see it, right? Like, Activision owns King. They own Candy Crush. They are Candy mm-hmm. Crush. EA bought Glue, Glue Mobile, the fine makers of the Kim Kardashian uh, mobile game. I was and just about to ask what it was that they have made. <laughs> oh, Glue Mobile? Oh, yeah. It's a slew of uh, fine mobile games. Actually, I think they're more like they tout themselves as like the freemium mobile mobile platform. But uh, yeah, let's see. I mean, just pulling up their their page here. I know they do the Kim, uh, the Kim Kardashian one. Oh, they have a sorcerer Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Oh, oh boy, Diner Dash, Tap Sports Baseball. Uh, oh, and Diner uh, Restaurant Dash featuring Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite mobile game, uh, mobile gaming mogul, Gordon Ramsay. I, you know, that game should, if you play it, you have to play it on, like, full volume, and he just is like, this is absolute shit. Yeah, if How he's not draining you? me, I don't want to play it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He's like, this, you call this mustard? This tastes <laughs> like shit. Um, but, yeah, now that they're all focused on this, I mean, like it, it almost seems like there's way more of a push for big publishers to put out more mobile games. And, and I, I get worried about this because I feel like the development capabilities are going to go to mobile. Not that they're going to get taken away from, from console, but you, you almost sort of 
get that like chill down your spine of like, oh, maybe they do really focus more on mobile and, you know, maybe console gets backburnered a little bit or it's, you know, there's, there's less innovation in that area. But if that's the case, I mean, do you think you'd even spend more time with mobile? Would you want to spend more time with mobile? Um, so with my limited time as is, as I want to focus on as many, uh, I guess, meaningful experiences as I can. Dang. Um, <clears throat> and if that means that I'm having to go to mobile to get those, then yeah, I totally don't mind. Uh, like, it's, okay, uh, I think we can bring this up. Uh, the news that came out, what was it, yesterday or the day before, that in order to experience everything in uh, Dying Light 2, it, you were going to have to play, what was it, like 600 hours? 500 hours? Five hundred hours yo 500 hours of zombie slaying 500 <laughs> hours of crafting swords that go on fire 500 hours of just being in the dark it's all kind yeah. of good shit yeah right <laughs> yeah so to me I, there are people out there who see that and they're like oh my god 500 hours like that's totally worth the 60 dollars and to me i you know paid I think I think I paid like fucking less than 20, probably like 15 or 16 bucks for Trigger Witch. Trigger Witch took me about 10 hours to beat and I fucking loved it. And uh, I, I think of those experiences way more often than I think of like. I have probably put collectively since. 2007 I have probably put collectively over three or four thousand hours into Madden uh, I haven't played in probably three or four years also so that that's something to take into account but that's three thousand hours of my life that I'm never going to get back, and I loved my time with it. But when I think about like the stuff that has stuck with me, like say, uh, spoiler alert for a you know fifteen year old game, uh, when I think about Ari or Aerith's death in Final Fantasy VII, that's something that Dude. stuck out with me, right? Dude, like. Come on. And, <laughs> and that game is what? 40 hours long? 50 hours long? If you play like, right. Yeah. And I, I, I'm one of those people that I don't feel like I need to spend 100,000 hours playing fucking Skyrim. Like I don't, I, I play what I play. I get what I get out of it. And then I move on. I don't like want to spend 600 hours in a game. I don't want to fucking do that anymore. I don't have the time to do that. And well, your or here's the thing: I don't want to know that I'm doing it. I, well, I, like I, just, <laughs> I don't want somebody to tell me that this game, like five, you're going to do 500 hours. Like I, I could have easily done that in Overwatch, I, right? I, I yeah. could have done, and and nobody could. I, I don't want to see that hour count. 
Like, I don't want to see what that clock looks like because then it's like, oh, shit, I spent that much time in Overwatch. But, like, I, you know, maybe Dying Light is that much fun that I would, that, like, you know, you could spend all of that time in there. But don't tell me right off the bat that, like, <laughs> if you want to have as much fun as possible, be prepared to set aside 500 hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know that, like... Uh, again, that's a selling point for some people, but and I I also know that they clarified that if you want to just play the story or whatever, that it's actually closer to like twenty to thirty hours. But I just kind of think that like <sighs> I, I don't know. I I kind of think that selling trying to sell your game on how many hours it will take you is a fool's errand because you should really be selling why the game is cool. Oh yeah. I, I don't know. Of course. That, maybe that's, that's me being like a, a whatever old school or whatever, but like a selling point for me is not how much hours I spent in a game. It's the memorable moments that I got from the game. It's the journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Journey is what? Two hours long? No, I was going to say it is the journey, but journey. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Anyway, this is, again, this is getting off track. But, like, I I say all of that to say that if if there is mobile games out there that will resonate with me emotionally – or or even even, uh, like – not not emotionally, but resonate with me on like a like a like the, like I said, you know, Sudoku, like that makes my brain work sort of thing. If there's something out there that like comes to mobile and is giving these me giving me these meaningful experiences, I don't mind playing on mobile. That's not something that I I totally mind. It's it's more of the fact that I feel like. A lot of the stuff that is out there that's mobile tends to be very superficial um, and doesn't have a whole lot of, like, worth to it. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, yeah. Do, do you feel the same way? I Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, again, unless it has something about it that is just so engaging, right? Like, I, I keep going back to Slay the Spire, but, like, that's a run-based game. You know, that's that's a that is a card based, you know, roguelike adventure. You know, you get a you, you basically get a new deck every time or not a new deck, but you get a, a starting deck. You add cards. There are, you know, elements that you could pick up along the way to help you to help you win. But each run is different. And even if I die, like, you know, in the first couple of battles, you pick it up right away and you keep going back to it. But, like, there's meaning to it. Like, it, it, it has such good repetition and it has such good mechanics that I can't put it down. And it's the same way with some other games, right? Like, I, I feel that same way about some of the games that I'm playing right now. Like, I just, I just finished, um, I feel like I begrudgingly... Uh, finished some games, but like I'm, I'm starting Persona Five Strikers. I just finished Kena or Kena, 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 uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits. And while I loved every moment of that game, 
I really hated those boss battles. You know, like it, it that that resonated with me in in different ways. Where some of the mechanics worked against me. Where I, at some point, I was like, I just need to get through the boss encounters in this because I do like this, but something's something is making me feel or is making me antagonistic towards this. But yeah, like if something was as deep. And as crazy as, like, let's say, Killer7, and it was mobile, <laughs> I'd be all for it. I'd be like, this is one of the, I, I could say that this is one of the best games ever, or that I've ever played. But there are a lot of good mobile games that, that don't have to be, you know, th- they, they can still work on a lot of very good levels, and they can still be fun and repeatable, and and not have to have, like, you know, an incredibly in-depth story that, that still that still resonate well. One of the games that I, I, I picked up, it actually came out for Switch, um, but it was a mobile game before. It's called Islanders, and it's basically like a very, very watered-down SimCity. But it's also, it's also ve- it's got roguelike el- elements to it where it's run-based, and you have to develop this island in a way that once it's completely fully developed, you can move on to a bigger island or a more challenging island. And, and it's all kind of mechanics around like where you can place certain buildings and structures. And it's really fun. And it's, it's super relaxing. Even when you fail, you don't feel like you've, you don't feel like you've really lost anything. And the music's really good. And it's just, it's all around just a fun experience. But to your point, it's that, it's that engagement and that experience that I think even if that game asked me to, you know, put in extra, you know, an extra dollar or two to, you know, get another, I don't know, pack of experience with it, I'd probably do it, you know? So I think there's, there's some reward to be had for that. Yeah. Well, I think the last thing I wanted to bring up I think, here we go, some figures, right? Some numbers here. I'm a numbers guy. I like the numbers. Um, I love numbers. Some of them are attached to dollars, and I like when those go up. Uh, Uncle (laughs) Sal, what are you doing here? Um, So mobile gaming is around $91 It's a $91 billion industry. That's projected for 2021. I think the numbers are still wrapping up here, but that's grown 4.4%. Console gaming is 49.2 billion. Now that's just console, not PC. Together, it's it's a much larger number. But console gaming, just in general, for 2021, shrank an estimated 9%. Now those are stats and estimates from Newzoo, uh, somebody that I like to. Uh, use their research on. They're they're a really good research outlet. But hearing those numbers, do you get worried about the future of console gaming? Do you think big publishers will really start to shy away from from big titles or new IP? Uh, I I, I think the new IP, we already kind of see that. I I really think, well, okay, hang on. Let's Take it back just a second. Naughty Dog has an internal team, if I'm not mistaken, working on a Last of Us 2 remake 
That game came out in 2013. That was seven fucking years ago. Oh, wait, hang on. No, no, no. My math is off because I forget what year we're in. Uh, let's see. It came out in June of 2013. So carry a seven divide by Planck's constant. So, so that was that was eight years ago at this point. When it hits in June, you know, it'll be nine years or whatever. But do are, are, is that what we're doing? Like... Is that really what we're doing? This this series is so popular. We have to fucking remake a game from 2013 that still plays incredibly well, by the way, and is available to be played on both the PS4 and the PS5. So you're telling me that that, that that's what we got to do? Like, come on, guys. What, what are we doing here? So I, I think to an extent we already see what's happening with new IP. I don't think that, that a lot of people are, are, are clamoring for that. No, not only from, uh, you know, the publisher or developer side, but I mean, from the, uh, the, from the side of the consumer, because we're the ones buying it. Right. So I, I think to that end, I, I think that we already see that like IP rules everything there is like there is originality out there still you know uh, i i think you brought up control earlier and even though it's kind of tied into alan wake now i i think that that game's completely fucking unique and is something that like up to you know the point that it was released and i i I would even venture to say even up to now there's nothing like control out there there really isn't like you've got action packed third person shooters and stuff like that. Sure. But control is in a completely different other like realm to me. It is its own genre. Um, and it, 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 there's there's a uniqueness to describing control. Like it's not just boiling it down to like, yo, it's paranormal activity meets Men in Black. Like, <laughs> not really. You know, like even if you try to describe it that way in one sentence, it's not really just that. You know, there's yeah. more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but first off, I, I just got to ask, like, yo, you're not down with Joel, bro? <laughs> uh, that 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 first game is incredible. Um, what about that second I, game? I like that. I like the second game. I, th- I think that the second game is even great. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, it made it into my my top five of 2020. I don't think that it's a masterpiece like everyone we else. We just we do not have like seven hours for this. Yeah, well, we that's, just don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um. Well. So anything else? Let me let me get to your the the second part of your question though with with regards to console gaming. Uh, I genuinely think console gaming is here to stay. And I think that uh, unfortunately that will be loaded with IP. You know, I, I, I think that it will be loaded with uh, the stuff like Halo and Gears of War and Forza or, you know, on the PlayStation side, the The Last of Us or Uncharted or, or you know, what it, whatever it might be. I don't see console gaming going the route of mobile just yet because I I do think that um, I, I do think that there are enough developers out there who are wanting to stay in the in the 
I don't want to say the realm of of the single player game because that's not really right. But like there are enough developers out there who are looking to make meaningful works of art that will stay out there. So I'm not concerned about about the mobile space and the free to play space taking over uh, console gaming in in any real meaningful way uh i i am i think worried about ip though that that is something that i i, I am very much uh worried is is going to continue continue to kind of rear its ugly little head for for a while especially if the metaverse is concerned yeah, it, yeah, it, for real. Can't wait for, you know, members of hit series The Crown to show up in Fortnite. Yeah. Who would, sorry. what would be sorry, the sorry, worst? Sorry. I, 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 I tore you up again. Oh, no, no, I, I've been torn for a while. What would you consider to be the worst IP to enter Fortnite if it hasn't already? What the do you think worst is like game to enter like no just well like just any like just you know there's cobra kai in there there's you know like i'm waiting for the cast of bridgerton to show up <laughs> you know like that's what i'm waiting for uh you know i um <laughs> I don't know that I would hate to see this, but I would, I would, I, <laughs> I want to see Tommy Wiseau from the room <laughs> in Fortnite. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Uh, yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I think Fortnite has already shown or, or maybe the reverse of this. People have already shown that they're willing to put anything in Fortnite. Resident Evil is in Fortnite. Like, Resident Evil should not be in Fortnite, people. Like, come on. What are we doing? Um, but yeah, it's, it, it all crosses over. I mean, guns, people. Yeah, yeah right. People I, that kill other people, people that kill dead people. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's uh, a Venn diagram there. I, I would really hate to, to see Final Fantasy go over there um, if it's not already. Ooh, that's got to be a matter of time, right? That's yeah. that's like I mean, we're we're getting Final Fantasy in fucking Smash. So, I I think it's only a matter of time before it reaches Fortnite, but I just I, I'm st- I'm still riding uh, dude, the script is so long on this fucking game, but uh, or this video, but I'm I'm still I'm writing a script for why I don't think that Final Fantasy is quote unquote Final Fantasy anymore to me. And um, I'm going through and I'm doing like a whole bunch of research and stuff like that. And uh, I forget where my point was. I, I had a point with with what I was saying. Uh, you were going to say that the best one isn't numbered. It actually starts with the letter T and ends with Actix. Um, no, but it's, that's up there. That's definitely up there. Oh, we have a problem if you do not think that is the best one. That is the game that Shakespeare wrote. 
Uh, Final Fantasy VI is the best one. But, you know. Six is very good. Six, I think, is up there in probably some of the best numbered numbered games. But, I, I, I mean, we shouldn't turn this into a straight-up Final Fantasy cast. But Tactics, just that story. Uh, just, uh, oh, I, that's God. why I'm looking so forward to... Uh, to triangle strategy, I'm, I'm really fucking stoked to play that game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we meandered a little bit here, but um, any other closing comments? I mean, you know, this is a very different topic for an audience that I, for one, knows does not give a shit about mobile, but. I think they'd appreciate this. Anything, anything else that you'd like to uh, add to this? Uh, I, I think the only thing I, I, I want to point out, uh, and I, I think that I kind of summed it up a little bit before, but I, I do tend to think that the uh, stigma around mobile is a little bit overwrought. Uh, I don't think that there are mobile games out there that are, or let me put it this way. I think there are mobile games out there that get overshadowed because they are mobile games. And I think that that's unfair. Um, I'm not saying that the vast majority aren't like Candy Crush or uh, I mean, you name it. Um, They're not clones of that because they are like a good 90 percent of what's on the the Apple uh, app store or whatever, or the, the Google app store or, or even like Apple arcade or something. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you look at those types of games or, or even if you look at something like, uh, you know, monument Valley or, um, there was, a, there was another really popular mobile game that I'm just blanking on right now. Um, monument Valley was good. Yeah. So, but the, is it the room? Like Are you thinking that, of the room? Right? Do what now? Are you thinking of the room? Uh, I don't think I'm familiar with that one actually. Is that the one with the box? You're like in one room. There's like hmm. three of them. Yeah, I, not. I'm not familiar with that. I don't. Think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, but like her story, right? That like that's a game that like it works on really every console uh in and and in mobile but that but that's not like i i'm pretty sure it came out on mobile first that's not a game that like is fucking candy crush that's not a game that is words with friends that's not a game that's you know uh what's another uh adventure capitalist right <laughs> like it's not those games. It is telling a story and it's telling something or it's like doing something meaningful with the gameplay. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I want to put it out there that I, I, I think that, uh, uh, the, um, the sort of stigma towards, um, Towards mobile games is a little bit uh, unnecessary. No. It's like your opinion, man. Anyway, 
Yeah. Sorry to no. go on a rant to end your thing. No, that's the way we want to end, end these things. <laughs> well, I think that sort of wraps up our conversation. This was fun. Yeah. This was good. I liked doing this. This was good. Uh, I'm going to attempt to do your end thing here, but I'm just going to do it slower because I just can't. I don't have that mouth of the South like you do. I, I, I was going to say, I don't know what's going on. You're Italian, man. You should be a fast talker. No, I'm slow and calculated. Um, <laughs> as always, you can find this show on this show, Hunting Pixels, on any podcast app, right? On any of the uh, podcast yeah, apps? Uh, I mean, let me just double check. It should be on all of the major ones. Oh, oh good. Let me see. Distribution. Well, you yeah. look that up. Uh, I think the only thing we're not really on is like uh, Deezer um, and Amazon Music, but I think that's I, I think that's about it. Oh, good. And social media, you could find the Culture Bop family of content, all of it being reported socially through the social media. Uh, the Instagram handle being culture underscore bop. And you, Mr. Bebop Man, can be found at bebopman182 on Instagram, right? Uh, that is correct, yes. Um, you're the co-hosts. I can't even remember their names, so we're not even going to attempt. Because that just feels good to say that out loud when someone else is saying your name on a podcast. Uh Please do not forget to consider and show your support for this fantastic platform on Patreon for a few bucks a month. You can help out and help out with their creativity and help be a part of creating all these great shows and videos and, and podcasts that this, this outfit does. Every little bit of support does help. So feel free to get your Patreon subscriptions on for Culture Bob. Was there anything I missed? Uh, no. No, I think that's it. That's pretty good. Well, I think we can yeah. wrap up here. I think you so. nailed it. Uh, we're going to wrap up. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I don't know if this was said, uh, from the outset, but, uh, the regularly scheduled episode for this week of Hunting Pixels, uh, will not be taking place because, um, uh, da, 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 what, who, who am I thinking of? Dylan, uh, Dylan may or may not have the COVIDs and was not up to recording. So, uh, that's totally fine. We're not throwing shade at him. Uh, it's just, you know, the way that it was. Um, so our regularly scheduled episode will not be coming out and this will be taking its place. Um, other than that, we'll, you know, we'll be back next week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I never heard of the guy. So. Yeah. Weird, huh? <laughs> You're ridiculous. I know. Uh, see ya. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, Justin said see ya, and I'm going to end the show uh, because I'm going to take over hosting duties because um, I can't let Justin do it all. Uh,. Yeah, that's it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>